0: Welcome to Friend or Foe. I'm your host, Devlin Wilder. Today we are going to be doing something completely different. My friends over at Wondery have a new show coming up called Business Wars, and I'd like to introduce it to you. It is going to take you into the world of corporate America, epic battles for control of the industries that we all know and probably partake in quite frequently. From Coke vs. Pepsi or McDonald's vs. Burger King, stories of big money and big egos going after a bigger slice of the pie, and also small businesses across the country struggling to survive intense competition from local rivals. In the first episodes of Business Wars, host David Brown takes us inside one of the most crushing corporate wars, pitting blockbuster video against Netflix as the entire landscape of home entertainment shifted and the iconic company was brought to its knees. You can bet they didn't go down without a fight. Let's listen to the beginning of the story.
1: From Wondering, this is Business Wars. I'm David Brown. It was January 2007, Park City, Utah. The place was packed with independent filmmakers, hoping to find distributors at the Sundance Film Festival. John Antiaco, the CEO of Blockbuster, peered out the windshield of his rented Cadillac Escalade at the ski chalets stacked up the mountainside. Antiaco was then in his late 50s, with a wreath of salt and pepper hair and an aquiline nose that made him look like a short boxer or a Roman emperor. He can't remember what he wore that Sunday afternoon, but he favored plain starched white shirts, open necked with a blue blazer and slacks. His mood was confident, exultant even, but he didn't want to get too far ahead of himself. The street was packed with impatient drivers and he was looking for a house number. The Escalade's wheels crunched slowly over the snow-packed streets. Antiaco didn't want to be late for his meeting, but he also didn't want to maim one of the hipsters in designer boots and winter gear slipping and sliding alongside his car. They were all trying to get to the glitzy parties and film premieres on Main Street. The Sundance Festival that attracted all these L.A. types wasn't really Antiaco's thing. He preferred to spend his free weekends at his ranch outside Dallas, puttering, putting up deer feeders, inspecting fences, watching his wife, Lisa, ride her prize Arabian show horse. Every few months, he visited New York to hang with pals from his old neighborhood. They'd spend hours in chic restaurants they couldn't afford in their salad days. Nick Shepard is high-strung but loyal chief operating officer and right-hand man at Blockbuster had convinced him to attend this festival as a sort of victory lap. They had found the formula to kill Netflix. Dead once and for all. And then, as he and Nick drank coffee in an overcrowded cafe and gazed out at the cloud-shrouded mountains, Nick's cell phone rang. It was Hastings from Netflix. He had an offer in mind for Antiocho. An offer he said that Antioch would be a fool to refuse. Ironically, it wasn't just Hastings who thought he was holding the winning hand. Antioch was convinced it was he that held the ace. In truth, they were both close to folding. But Hastings, the founder of Netflix, could not fathom how Blockbuster could replicate the complex, intuitive online user interface that he and his co-founder, Mark Randolph, had slaved over for seven years. But Blockbuster's Antiochko thought he had done just that thing. Here's how Antiako remembers that call from Netflix's Hastings. Hey, John. I heard you might be in town for Sundance this year. As a matter of fact, I am. Well, listen, maybe we should get together and talk. I'm gonna be in my chalet in Park City. Uh, all day long. How does uh, lunchtime today work for you? Sounds like a good idea. When he hung up, Antiaco said with a slight sneer, of course, a chalet in Park City. Antiaco and his blockbuster team were at Sundance to place their orders for the latest DVD releases, and while schmoozing, he picked up a piece of intelligence. Word was, Netflix was not doing well. Possibly on the ropes, in fact. Hastings sat alone in his chalet, waiting as the gray day warmed a bit and the voices of festival-goers echoed along the street outside. He loved Park City's quaint little town with its clock tower, swank shops, and an old-fashioned theater marquee. He'd bought an old red-brick meeting house with a steeple and stained-glass windows and converted it into a vacation home. Here, he and his wife, Patty, and their two children, now in middle school, could escape from overheated, tech-obsessed Silicon Valley to ski, hang out during school breaks, that sort of thing. He hoped that the family trips made up for all the time that Netflix had sucked away. Hastings stayed home in Santa Cruz in Northern California when Patty took the kids to Italy for a study abroad year. Meanwhile, back in Wall Street...
0: Blockbuster rolls out its online rental service, a new challenge to already struggling
1: Netflix. When word came out about Blockbuster Online, Hastings opened his laptop to take a look. He shook his head and chuckled to himself. Wow, this is a shaggy dog of a website. I can do better than this sitting at any cafe in the world just using my laptop. But he had underestimated Antiocho. Or maybe he had overestimated his own hand. In truth, they had both miscalculated. The search for each other's jugular would become an acquired taste. Hastings had worked obsessively on the code for Netflix's powerful algorithms that tracked web visitors' every movement and preference, amassing an unmatched treasure trove of information. Despite the supremacy of this powerful data-sucking engine, Hastings would eventually learn that Netflix was a shakier vessel than he realized. His co-founder, Mark Randolph, had described the struggle to keep Netflix alive as pissing blood for years. Hastings paced the house alone waiting for Antiocho. Whether the Netflix gurus had struggled for nothing hinged on the outcome of this meeting. First, he would get Antiocho to admit what Netflix's data showed, that Blockbuster was going broke trying to kill Netflix with its new Total Access program. See, Total Access let Blockbuster online subscribers return their DVDs to any of Blockbuster's 7,000 American stores and rent a new movie immediately. Netflix just couldn't match that kind of convenience. But Hastings knew Antioch's pressure point. Actually, Blockbuster was losing money on every transaction. The big chain was already a billion dollars in debt. And Antioch's board of directors, led by billionaire investor Carl Icahn, they were yanking on the reins. Hastings had to swallow his pride and beg Antiaco to sell him Blockbuster online, or both companies would die in a slow murder-suicide Surely, Antioch would get this. But if Antioch refused and total access continued, well, Hastings would have to report Netflix's first ever loss of subscribers. Netflix stock price would start melting down along with its equity. By the second quarter of no growth, Netflix would be finished. The company's share price would collapse along with its ability to borrow money to sustain operations, Unless, well, Blockbuster went belly up first from its debt. And so, as he waited for Antiaco to arrive, Hastings reflected on the fact that he had repeatedly and publicly dismissed Blockbuster as technologically inept. He wished he hadn't said that. Hi, this is David Brown, host of Business Wars, and I hope you enjoyed this little sampler. I'm having so much fun learning about the larger-than-life characters and the human drama behind these epic stories, and I hope you'll consider this a personal invitation to join us for more. It's really easy to do. Just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you're listening to this. You'll find a link in the episode notes as well. And we hope you'll tell your friends to check us out and subscribe, too. Let us hear from you, and thanks for listening.